This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We listen to Sixpence None the Richer, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. Any of that noodle thing? You guys wouldn't mind having a couple inches in my pants. Hey. I'm just killing. Hey. Okay, bitch. Watch this. You begin to become dependent on her as your shepherd. <laughs> oh, that's a deep cut. Curb your complementarianism with John Piper, Larry David. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. And we're here to have Good Christian Fun. That's right. We're here to talk about our Christian upbringing. Through the lens of Christian pop culture, Christian music, movies, entertainment, the likes of Jars of Clay, Kirk Cameron, Car Man, Ooh. DC Talk. Eey. Did they DC walk the DC Talk? No. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, probably. We'll find out on their cruise one day. Oh boy, but listen, we're not here to preach to you or to crap and poo-poo all over your beliefs. We're just here to have fun. It doesn't matter. With a little uh, sprinkling of hot takes. And the topic for today... So excited about this one. Six pence, none the richer. Do you know the origin of this? Of this name? Of this name? Yeah. Uh, I think it was a C.S. Lewis thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, it's from his book, Mere Christianity. Mere Christianity. No, uh, not yet. Maybe. We're not even five into it. We okay. can't do Mere Christianity well, yet. No, it's an illustration from your Christianity. It's a parable about, oh, I've complete, do you know it, Amy? Oh. Do you know the it's illustration? It's a parable about a, a boy and his father, mm-hmm. and the boy asked the father for six pence, I think, to like buy the father a gift, uh-huh. or maybe the other way around, and then he figures out like, oh, I'm none the richer, yeah, because... Something yeah, like the father just paid for his own gift, basically. Ye- and it's about okay. appreciating what God gives you and using it in the right ways, using it wisely, appreciating it. Yeah, oh, it's definitely okay. not one of the parts of mere Christianity that stuck with me super hard. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm no. like, oh yeah, that part with the six pit Illustration from the pulpit. I, I, I yeah. clocked it when I first read it like 12 years ago or whenever, but it has not stayed with me, unfortunately. It's funny thinking that this band picked up like a weird Britishism for their... For their yeah, band. they're from like it's a terrible band Texas. name. They Let's should have they it. should have called the band the Screw Tapers. Ooh, that would have been fun. <laughs> they could have done all sorts <laughs> of Uncle different Screw spaces. Tape is a fun name. Uncle Screw Tape. Yeah, that's who he is. He's yeah, Uncle. that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but listen, we need to talk about this band with a very special guest. So we're going to introduce her right now. A lot of fanfare and build up, ladies and gentlemen. You may know her as a stand up comedian or from her own podcast, Who's Your God? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, give it the hell up for Amy, Amy Miller! Miller! Yay! Hello. That was exciting. 
<laughs> you know, usually we don't bring in the guests before the intro, but we desperately <laughs> needed you. I love it. We needed a smart person thanks to talk there. on the mic. Thanks but, so thanks for being there. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. It was so fun because, uh, you know, there's always a little bit of back and forth when you book these things about what we're going to talk about, what have yeah. you talked about before, what should we talk about now. Uh, and one of the one of the topics we decide not to do this time. You decided. Oh, wait, did I decide? Oh, wait, the first one or the or what? What one were you? Well, I was gonna say, say Carman, because I oh, said yeah. we've done it, but Carman, we could definitely do it again. Because the well, an angel. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. My, I was prepared to argue for precious moments. Precious moments. Okay, yeah, because I did want to. I still good. wanted to talk about this. Because here's why: if you have that much merchandising. Mm-hmm. That's pop culture. That's culture. They Absolutely. had TV shows, songs, mo- a movie, Precious Moments movie. That, wait a minute. Oh my God. I, I know about the TV show. The Precious Moments Bible, of yeah. course. Oh, we all did. Which I still have. Giant And I was lambs. prepared to bring that and show it to you, but look what we've done. <laughs> oh no. We made a bad choice. Maybe next time. I screwed this up. Well, but definitely veto, next time. Why did we veto uh, one, Touched by an Angel, and two, Precious Moments? Oh, I didn't veto Touched by an Angel. I think we said uh, Six Pence or Touched by an Angel. Yeah. I said, oh, let's do Six Pence because yeah. that's pretty great. rich. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Precious Moments, I literally had no idea there was like multimedia attached yes. to it. I thought it was just the figurines. I was well, like, well, then I went down this rabbit hole where I was like, are figurines pop culture? Are I Beanie Babies so. pop culture? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I think in that way, Precious Moments is like in the public consciousness. Tell him. Yeah, that was my bad. <laughs> next time, next Porter. time. You can save it for me. I'll come Is that back. like a patriarchal yeah, move that I said, no, these dolls aren't yeah, part of you're culture? Wrong. Unless you it's have a said Batman Precious doll. Moments action figures. <laughs> that I would have understood. It, right? Like a Bible man action figure. Did you, did you have, did your family members collect Precious Moments? Figurines. No, I had a couple. No, but my my family was not religious, which you're gonna hear all about. Oh, okay, okay. But it's I think it's just very backwards because it's like there's usually a piece of media and then figurines come out of that. But they were like, no, 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 figurines first. Uh, the whole thing is the basis to me. Yeah. for this culture because the figurines were just you know objects of art for a while but then yeah. they had a very strong storyline which is that these are little christian children yes yes wait you, that was there was a storyline to it i know like, jack that was about the this theme now. of all their their <laughs> like activities is either like they're being adorable children or they're like yeah. with the lion and the lamb <laughs> like laying yeah they're on it acting out like stories from the bible and I think the movie was like based on a specific story from the Bible, and there was even like some kind of dark parts in it. And they attempted Ooh. a TV show, but interesting. It's after the same- Animaniacs. Check out Precious <laughs> Moments only on WB. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same few children, um, but doing different things. I oh, guess it's almost like Veggie Tales. The framing devices, like it's a repertory cast. Yeah, and now exactly. Larry's gonna be Daniel in this one. Sure, or something. sure. exactly. Oh, Sometimes wow. it was like a little bit of like, oh, maybe you want a figurine to honor the firemen. And so it'll be a little kid in a fireman outfit. I love them. <laughs> or maybe you want to honor the troops. I It'll be like, a little kid like crying, like saluting. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, American flag, it's tattered and torn. <laughs> They're reenacting the Iwo Jima. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's a 9 11 the precious moment. The most precious moment of all right was now. when the first responders showed up at ground zero. You know, I would also argue that because they were so heavily marketed on like home shopping and infomercials, yeah. that is TV. Yeah. Culture. Oh, no. I definitely screwed this one. No, up. it's okay. Because we're <laughs> coming back. You're coming back. I have an excuse to come back. There is a 9 11 precious moment. <laughs> And we're going to sell them Yo. exclusively in the GCF store. <laughs> I'm going to show you first, Amy. At a fair but reasonable <gasps> oh, marked up price. Oh, that's really heartbreaking. So we, oh, It's wow. messed up. Uh, what it is. It's a little sad fireman. And then he's holding the American flag. And then there's like a wounded baby bird in the flag. Which I don't is know what that represents. Is it an eagle? No, it's like a bluebird. I think that I think it's supposed to. He is crying, too. <laughs> He's crying. Yeah, the, oh, they're always crying. The it caption, feels like a meme. The caption underneath is, you are the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> and he's definitely in rubble. Like, that's rubble at yeah, his feet. Yeah, like there's teddy, like a dirty teddy bear at his feet. Which, that's supposed to be like one of the guys that jumped out of the North Tower or something. Oh, I hope not. Oh, I'm so Goodness. sorry. I'm so sorry, Goodness. Caroline. So, my Precious Moments Bible, which you don't get to see. Um, <laughs> puffy paint. Front and back. Okay. I love, I heart Jesus. Yeah. Some origami paper. Mm -hmm. I did it all. Did it up. Heavily highlighted and underlined. And all of the things that like the... Because it's for kids, right? So there's all these specific lessons on like um, kindness and love and humility and whatever. Everything that I like crazy underlined, like like I need to work on this, never changed. I'm exactly the same. It's so funny. <laughs> same issues. Yeah, it's like, you know, like the Bible verse about like, you know, being careful with your words or like being <laughs> modest in your speech. I'm like, oh, I got it. And I'm a comedian now. And it's like, it's so it's funny. It's kind of sweet, right? To like look back on the small you and be like, hey, yeah, it's just who you it's are, exact babe. same person. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, it's definitely, I can't tell if that's a more comforting feeling than looking back and seeing like, wow. Who was that person? <laughs> right. yeah. Like, is that is that better than seeing like I'm still the same? Right. I don't know. I don't know either. In a way, it's comforting because you're like, yeah, this is my personality, nature, nurture, whatever it is. Totally. This is what I got. Well, Caroline, in the last move that I did when I was packing up, I did find old prayer journals oh. from like not that long ago, like nine years ago. So yeah. like within the last ten years, stuff I wrote down. And by the way, Caroline. My handwriting was super small, super <laughs> duper small. Okay, tiny. like it is in prayer journals and the margin. We've talked about this on the show. In, the, in now, your prayer you journal, don't, you don't remember this? No. People who take notes in church, their their handwriting that. is very they have, like, small. Beautiful. That's what I'm saying. Are you saying it was small because, like, in case someone was looking over your shoulder, they couldn't read it? I'm sure that was a part of it strategically. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. It's between me and the Lord. I'll send you some pictures of the Bible. You I can would love it. Put it up Include for your, it. That'd be for great. your subscribers. <laughs> well, Amy, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. You have your own podcast where you talk about things of religion yes. and God and whatnot. We're technically competitors. We are technically. Ah, shit. I wonder if we're like, <laughs> if we're pitted against each other on like lists online. I know. I and don't it, know. And if yeah, not, can we get that going? There's riots in the streets over <laughs> these, iTunes, our factions. Did you guys go primarily comedy or primarily religion? We went primarily comedy oh, on purpose. Oh, we went did you go religion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. how's hmm. that worked out for you? Um, It's been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that a lot of people are tricked by that? 
who think, oh, yeah, it's a podcast about God. Well, Interesting. They're like, they said the F word. I hope not. We try to put it in the description. And then I just, I like the idea more of people coming to us. Like, I was just in Colorado and I had some women come to a show who had never seen me do stand up and came to the podcast just through, like, the categories. Oh, okay. And then they came out to see my show, and they were like, you're actually really funny, you know? <laughs> and I like that yeah. part of it, you know, yeah. where people are... Re- but there is a lot of comedy talk to sit through, so... I don't know. Maybe we should try and make it comedy. They can deal with it, but yeah. there, there is something uh, kind of nice as Christ condescended to Earth from heaven yeah. that you're condescending down to the religion category. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like to meet people where they would usually find their stuff. So you're yeah. technically alongside Joel Osteen, yes. Rob Bell up mm-hmm. in there, like all those people. Yeah. So you can be yeah amongst those. That's yeah. nice though. So they discover you kind of by accident, maybe. Yeah, find something better than they I hope so. For. I hope we're not making anyone mad. We try yeah. to be open to I know. whatever we, people believe. We don't want to trick anyone either. Yeah. That's why we're very anal retentive about saying that same disclaimer on every episode of the yeah. podcast, so they know. Yeah, like we're not trying to do shenanigans here. Yeah, but uh, you've obviously talked about your story on the podcast for X amount of episodes already. Yeah, but that's we, okay. We would love to hear it. On the GCF platform yeah, as well, sure. like your experience with religion, church, God, faith, all that stuff. Yeah, so I, it's a little bit unique because my parents weren't religious. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, we I grew up in the Bay Area. We lived a block from a Baptist church, which was also a school and a preschool. So mm-hmm. I think that's originally how it started is they put me in this preschool because it was close by and, okay. you know, it was a good enough preschool i'm the youngest of four kids so they were just like whatever let's just put her there um and all my older siblings were already in elementary school so i started and then i was a very um i don't know like a child prodigy yeah uh because i was reading and writing at three and whoa so when i was four public schools wouldn't take me because it's too early if you're on that cusp for kindergarten they're like Um. no you know you're gonna have to come next year but the Christian school did take me. So they put me in there. And then from that, my sister and I started going to church there because they would bring the van around every weekend and be like, we'll take your kids to church. And my other two siblings didn't really take to it. And I think my parents were like, this is perfect because Sunday's when football is on. Um, so yeah, go <laughs> ahead and take them. You so know? your parents weren't like antagonistic with the church by any means. They were just sort of like indifferent, would you say? They were not at first. Uh, they oh. were indifferent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, my mom had somewhat of a Christian background just culturally because they're all like from Oklahoma and stuff, her family. Oh, yeah. But she wasn't religious. My parents were both alcoholics. So like our our house was like total chaos. I mean, they were very godless people. Um, So they were indifferent at first. But I think once they had like these two little girls, like just precious little angels coming back and being like, I learned that you're going to help. And would you express that to them in some way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we would pray for them a lot. And in front of them. (laughs) Well, at home and at church. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, can you imagine? They really created these monsters because <laughs> they it was just convenient for us to go to church and there were activities and there were other kids and it's like, mm, hypothetically, a safe place, uh, mm-hmm. depending who your youth pastors are, which I'll get into. Um, oh. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah. But the, you, yeah it became something that they were antagonistic towards later and my other brother and sister were definitely... 
um, not into it because we would come back home and be like, mm, you're sinning. <laughs> uh, What's well, wild, yeah, when young children come back and there's a new power dynamic at right. play. Yeah. Where it's like, I know something you don't that's about <laughs> death. Yeah, and, and we life. were little. And this is at like, like four and five years old, Like right? five and seven, yeah, yeah. little, okay. My sister's a couple year, oh. years older than me. And then also at the time, this is just for like a cultural touchstone for the Bay Area that I find interesting, my brother, who's 10 years older than me, um, was a part of the Gilman Street project and sort of the start of punk in the Bay Area, oh, right? Wow. He's like okay. a founding member of all these bands. And huh. so he was always at Gilman Street and he was like, Hev-, and it's the mid 80s. So everyone's talking about punk, punk, punk. And the church is talking about devil's music, devil's music, devil's music. Mm-hmm. And so that in particular was a funny dynamic because I was like, you can't go to that place anymore and that's where the devil is and And he's he's got you. Anarchy and church organized religion is messed up. Exactly, Uh yeah. And he had big like anarchy symbols all over his room and all these punk posters and it was just like, that was like, like we thought he was going to go up in flames <laughs> at any moment. And he was doing drugs and having sex and like, right. you know, smoking weed. He had porn, like <sighs> all the, all the, all the <sighs> big ones. This Clutch sounds my like pearls. This sounds like a pre-MXPX world that you're living in. A yeah. hundred. Well, that church specifically was very, very conservative. Yeah. What would you say, like the flavor to give an example of what so that church they, was like? So they're Free Will Baptists, which is very, maybe the smallest sect of the Baptist church. Did you say Free Will or Free, free will? will? Okay. Yeah. Very well, Kind of some Free Will in Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> go. But what does Free Will Baptism mean? Free Will Baptist is very, you know, as it sounds, very obsessed with the idea of free will and that to some extent we do have control over our own destiny, but we need to use that free will to honor God at all times and they were no secular music no um above PG movies you know nothing no dancing were there Um, strict dress codes for girls like you had to wear a skirt or anything like that once you're kind of in your preteen and teen years a little bit more they didn't so much enforce it but like at church camp and stuff they would you know make sure to like you know, I don't like I got tits so early and I was just like oh, there's out because when you're 14, you're like, I don't know. They never know what to do with those. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> it'd be oh, like, yeah. yeah, wear a high collar or put right. this T-shirt on. Yeah, <laughs> I've had friends. I mean, just on that topic alone, who like their rules for modesty were so different than like the other girls who hadn't developed yet or whatever. And like because of that pretty early on developed like body issues just because like yeah we're already you know taught like our bodies are like the mistake and the stumbling block or whatever Tempting to but, boys, but yeah, yeah but girls with like big boobs were always like even more so you are just like innately a bad woman like you're yeah. designed that way so <laughs> like, you're just a rabbit or whatever in a in a perfect world these churches would be celebrating those girls <laughs> and exalting yeah. uh, them well they uh, would no, be Kevin. parading them around no, on the Kevin, stage no. is what i'm understanding it to <laughs> right. be Look at her. Look at her. They were just, I like, I don't know if you experienced, but just like the rules were different. We're like, oh, a norm, like any other girl could wear a tank top, but you couldn't. Like you had to wear a t shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then, you know, come to find out later, it's really more about not tempting the adult men at church than anything else. What happened there? Oh, so, so the youth pastor that I grew up with, who maybe was at my church from like, I don't know, maybe like five or six years. And he was 
you know, the main youth pastor and we went to church camp with him and he would drive us places. We did all of our activities. Mm-hmm. Tuesday night Bible study. or middle-aged guy? I guess he was probably in his mid-30s at the time. Seemed like an old man to me at the time, but <laughs> I was six. So. Was he single? Was he married? He was married with two kids. Mm-hmm. They were like the cornerstone of the church. They moved out from Oklahoma. Free Will Baptists all came from Oklahoma. So oh, they're all okay. like in... Oklahoma and um, a little bit in Arkansas and in the Central Valley in California. It's bizarre. Strange. Okay. They're yeah. like Okies, like mm-hmm. Dust Bowl migrant church Pipeline. people. <laughs> yeah. So I found out the year that I started comedy, actually, he went to prison for molesting like 40 children in oh Oklahoma. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And what's interesting is that he the first person I called was my sister because I was like, he didn't get me. Did he get you? And she was like, no. I would have told you. And then it's like, well, I, you know how these things go. <laughs> like, Secrets. Yeah. And um, also, like, my sister, like, very naive. Um, Listen, she's a people pleaser, and she's always been like that. And she was oh. just a kid who would do anything, you know, just to make an adult happy. Yeah, or, and just trusting. So as yeah. soon as I hurt, I was like, oh, oh God. No. But yeah. thankfully, no. You were more skeptical than she was. At, I think like, I just that would age, have been yeah. mouthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that. I I'm a bit of a tattletale. The Bible doesn't to... mention that in any verses. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Mouthiness can save you. <laughs> I think I would have told Predators. right away. But yeah. he definitely, you know, and these guys like groom kids and yeah. some kids are more susceptible to that grooming than others. Um, and he, yeah, for whatever reason, didn't pick me, which I used to tell a joke about and be like, I was cute, whatever. It's not funny. It's a horrible joke. Yeah. And that's why I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, man, that's tough. I'm sorry that you're even close to a situation like that oh yeah so thanks common, though. yeah so it um you know he, we come to re- realize like oh yeah when he left our church and moved back to oklahoma when we were like preteens, it was sudden like oh it was God. like he was there one day there was no going away party it was like oh brother jeff is gone and we were like what you know it's all these kids that are kind of lost and have like very either flimsy or absent father figures and he was our father, you know, and um, and he just disappeared. So now we're like, oh, he probably got caught doing something. Right. And then had to get out of town. But there was no communication about that. No. The church just... just wanted to bury it. And if anything, um, you know, when it fully came out, because there was a news story about it, and he actually went to prison, um, when we approached the church to be like, what kind of outreach are you doing? Like, you know, what is the process for finding out if any of us, like all these kids that grew up in this church, you know, were affected by this. And the pastor, who had been the pastor when we were kids too, he's still alive, he's a million years old, um, was just like, well, you know, it's really sad that the devil got to Brother Jeff. And we're like, what? (laughs) Like... No, mm-hmm. Brother Jeff Got messed to up. Brother Jeff. Free Will Baptist, remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, free yeah. will. Yeah, it's funny once Unless you're sinning. The devil gets, yeah. yeah, then it's like you've been manipulated by Satan. Um, and then the really remarkable thing was we had a kid that we grew up with who later came out of the closet, right? And so he was excommunicated from that church and they wouldn't talk to him anymore. And we're talking to a lady that we had grown up with, one of our mentors from the church, and just like, yeah, it's so scary about Brother Jeff and all those poor kids. And she was like, well, at least he didn't end up like Jimmy. And I'm like, do you mean a gay adult man? Like, 
That would be worse. And then I'm like, first of all, <laughs> Brother Jeff was also molesting boys. And like, they really thought that. Like, the devil got to Brother Jeff, and it's not as bad as being, as coming out of the closet. Man. It was heartbreaking. So backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was my church. That's so tough. It's so, <laughs> it's like, uh, I know the Catholic church gets a lot of bad rap, but like the, the Protestant church has been doing the same thing. It turns out too, of just like oh, shuffling yeah. these guys along. Absolutely. No, no PR, no police. Just like let them, just cut them out and let them go find a new church. It runs rampant. And, and, you know, particularly in schools, too, because same with Catholic schools. People are always talking about, like, the nuns, the abusive nuns and priests. And it's like, yeah, well, Christian schools also let people teach who don't have any credentials, <laughs> you know? Yep. They don't teach. Yeah, them. we got some of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Some shady history teaching. Just makes sense later. Yeah, I, I studied the Bible a lot of the time. and. And there's tuition. It's like my mom probably paid like 15 grand a year for me to like barely learn it. I mean, I learned everything at home, luckily. Um, and a total miracle that that happened. But <laughs> yeah, it's so many shady things go on. And yeah, the same yeah. thing happens. And the fact that we were like, oh, you guys did. You moved him around in the organization as soon as you knew. And he went back to he had done Yeah. And then after that, got a job at a school as the music teacher and the youth pastor at that church. And yeah, at least 40 kids came forward to their parents. So who knows how many, you know, over oh, 10 years. Like yeah. it could be 100. And it's and so... And your church didn't call up that school and say like, hey. Heads up. Don't do that. No. They helped they him just, get like, a job there. Oh my God. And it's so infuriating. Yeah. So, 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 so you know, that, that caused, of course, a lot of my disillusionment with the church yeah. I'm, I'm sorry how old were you or like how many years later did you find out about brother jeff and everything? this was all only eight years ago because it was like the year i started comedy <laughs> oh, okay okay coincidence so it's pretty good, like know. it was way later and then yeah it was so would 30. you say like up to that point you were pretty much like true believer everything's cool oh no 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 i i had already kind of transitioned out of my faith by like fully by like 23 24 mm-hmm. already disillusioned just based on like you know how homophobic they were and my sister had come out and my other sister had come out and oh, wow. you know the church was just like well you guys gonna still talk to her and we're like yeah she's our sister are you gonna still talk to her <laughs> yeah the question oh i can't gosh. talk to you anymore <laughs> you're super gay bye um <laughs> it's like a child's question at a cafeteria table like are you still gonna talk to becky after what <laughs> yeah, she <is>? yeah. <laughs> she did. becky's my friend so idiot. my sister's name is becky the other, one? Yeah. Oh, the other one <laughs> um yeah so i i had already kind of come out of it and i went to i went to berkeley which is a very liberal school obviously i got a lot of good education um and then you know bottom line is that like 1920 i wanted to have sex with my boyfriend and he was an angel, and he waited so long. It's insane. <laughs> so you set up the boundary, and he was like, I'll respect it. Oh, yeah. And he wasn't even religious at all. Mm-hmm. He just liked me. And, um, and then I just feel like this doesn't feel like it should be wrong. You know, we've been together all this time. I'm still like a good person, <laughs> and I don't really do anything sinful because I feel guilty all the time, you know? So like... 
As a kid, I was exposed to a lot of pop culture, but I would try as much as I could to only listen to Christian music and like watch movies that were okay or considered okay by the church, my church. And um, it just seemed really crazy to me. It's like, we're doing all this other, like we're doing everything else. (laughs) I have a joke about it where I'm like, we found so many loopholes in my body. (laughs) Um, And then it's just like, this one hole is more sinful than it. Like it's nuts. Right. And uh, we love each other. You know, it's not like I'm being promiscuous. And so I just, you know, he, without any pressure and the most patience, like he kind of helped me transition out. But I had, you know, I had the nightmares for years after I stopped going to church. Apocalypse dreams. Um, Oh, wow. I get those. Oh, yeah. Still? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. I don't know if it's it's not necessarily like religiously apocalyptic, but it is like there's a comet Fire. coming. There's at a the com- end of the yeah. world. Well, that's just a neodymium like a Tyson, giant wave. Think. Yeah, it's more of just like it's natural just science, disasters. Yeah. That is still coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Sorry that. to break this. It's pretty to you. real. It's a global warming. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a Chinese hoax dream. Excuse me. <laughs> yes. But I yeah, mean. like obviously, my church was very fire and brimstone, so it was all guilt based and very just fear based, and you know, where's the free will in that? I know. If the apocalypse is coming, then who cares what you do? Just wait it out. Because you want, because thief in the night, you know it. When Uh Jesus shows up, you want to make sure you're not doing anything wrong. And (laughs) I would, I, I took that so literally. And I mean, I had a lot of anxiety issues as a kid, Mm -hmm. undiagnosed generalized anxiety disorder. But, you know, I would never sleep and stay up all night because I was just like, I'm ready. It could happen. And I would really feel like if I'm listening to secular music or watching a bad movie that like that's when Jesus was going to show up. Or if I'm masturbating, obviously. Right. Yeah. The worst thing you can do. That was a big to, one. To and, come through the door. And like night. men's groups is like, where do you want to be when Christ comes back? <laughs> it's so funny. Thing you want to have your Caroline's wiener in your acting hand. It out. Yeah. Caroline is acting it out graphically right now. Where it, is, it is so funny to think about. Like you're just in your apartment, and <laughs> like of course Jesus comes to your house first. Yeah, right. he comes to everybody's hey, house. Hey, buddy. Oh, oh I can come back later. <laughs> I was gonna take you to heaven, but but now. <laughs> and also the idea that that is the deciding factor somehow. It's like you that's happen my to most be important. Yeah, you've you've been mostly good and following all the rules and praying and go to church, but like, in just in case the one time, one of the times you're masturbating, <laughs> Jesus comes in that night. Then you're then you're going to hell. Well, I, the way it was communicated to us, I think, where I was growing up, wasn't so much like that's the deciding whether you go to heaven or hell. It was just basically, wouldn't it be embarrassing? Yeah, like, like you don't cosmically disappointed. Yeah, it wouldn't you just don't want to be humiliated before <laughs> right. you go to heaven forever? <laughs> you don't want to be a big cuck We're in front of God. We're all gonna talk about it on the cloud when you get there. Yeah, oh, hey, like, I heard about you. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, the, the boyfriend thing was maybe a turning point. H- had it been like a buildup until then? Or was that really like, well, I can't be a believer and also be sleeping with someone, so I have to let it all go? Yeah, there was buildup. I think I always had questions, but, you know, that kind of church church has a way of, like, telling you that if you have doubts or if you have questions— mm-hmm. That is the devil getting to you, right? And mm. you're not allowed to voice those questions. And also that particular youth pastor who ended up molesting everyone in the world, um, he was very guilt-based. So mm. he didn't abuse me, but he was really like, 
always telling me I still needed to get my heart right with Christ. And I'm like literally eight or nine, you know? And I'm like, I think I'm doing all the... And then he would be like, I don't think you're really saved. And I'm like, I've done it like 25 times. I'm due for a free one on my punch card. Yeah, I've been (laughs) baptized like, you know... Gosh. Summer, our, our church camp, you know, there were kids that would give their life to Christ every night of the week. And it's like, That's how many times do we have to do this? Yeah. Or um, I don't know if you ever got this one, too. Like, if you're expressing a doubt, it's probably because you have some sin that you're feeling guilty about. Yes. And you, like, want a way out. Yeah. And you're a child. So I'm like, I <laughs> guess I might have, like... I did borrowed something from my sister without telling you know like what could you have done <laughs> yeah, those little kids I it's guess I listened to that boys to men song again but it's <laughs> truly so good and they are probably angels from heaven well yeah. you know the one that still haunts me right what my, my big sin when I was a little boy what? you remember it wait what was it it was stealing a certain green little friend <laughs> I, I stole a figurine of uh, baby Kermit from Muppet Aww. Babies from a store. What's more innocent than that? <laughs> but it still haunts me to this day. When I look in his face, I just see my own shame reflected back to me. Oh, Lord. Why would you steal me? You acquired me by honest means, right, buddy? <laughs> no, Kermit. No, wait. I don't still have the figurine. Yeah, you do. No, I, I wish don't. I couldn't find it when I moved. <laughs> I wish I did, though. Yeah. That is just I love the if you, sweetest It's like where thing. you put your toothbrush down every day. It's like resting on his leg. And depending on how I'm feeling, his face changes. Like his yeah. expression. Like, mm. He's your Dorian Gray. <laughs> yeah, that's portrait. right. <laughs> and there is like, like a, um, I look a lot different now, but um, maybe you can, I feel like there's like nothing more like heartbreaking than like a small ginger child oh who i feels see you guilty. As, a, as a little girl and it yeah i had the same cute. hair as you when i was oh. little so yeah, yeah I like bright red hair and freckles like and it's trying. like i'm a sinner like that's so heartbreaking yeah <laughs> i mean it's like legit traumatizing it for is. little kids to be told over and over like you're trash and you're sinful and you're lying and you're wrong and you're never saved and i i like i i know you had anxiety but i know a lot of kids also like develop ocd over like constantly needing to pray for their salvation because they're so yeah. worried like it didn't stick. I had that for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Like and just tough. various ticks. Yes. Nothing cooler than having a nope. physical tick when you're in high school. <laughs> right. <No. laughs> yeah. People love that. <laughs> and and I think if you pile that on to actual trauma and right. like a lack of parenting and chaos in our real family and then always framing God as a father, then mm-hmm. I'm like, well... <laughs> My father was terrible and then mm-hmm. he died. And now I have this like vengeful guy who is like going to be mad at me if I like watch a rated R movie. It just doesn't really add up. So it was a long, slow transition of just feeling like it didn't make sense and that I was inherently good, yeah. which is a very hard conclusion to get to when you are a neglected christian child yeah you know it's coming at you from all sides (laughs) and um i think i do credit that boyfriend a lot and he he wouldn't he probably has no idea he's had this impact on me i mean you know i tell him from time to time and he's like this is a really long time ago but um he says please please stop texting me (laughs) i'm married um (laughs) we're over (laughs) i'm a pastor now this is wrong (laughs) yeah because he had such stable parenting and was like a very logical smart person that he really did help me kind of like feel my worth you know and and kind of see my way out of it but yeah it wasn't until i was like maybe 
in my mid-20s that it was fully done. Some of that was circumstantial too because when you move around and you have to like find a new church, then you're like, ugh. And then I was in Berkeley. Like every church was too liberal, you know? <laughs> it was like church in- For your taste. Right. Yeah. Or like, the taste that I here. had been given. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like, why am I doing this? I'm just gonna... Then it was funny because I joined choirs. <laughs> so I was like doing yeah. like adult choirs, but not being religious. And that helped me transition out. And I did that up until I started comedy and I couldn't do both because of just the rehearsal schedule. Yeah. Sure. But I'm like singing sacred music for 10 years. Like I'm not a Christian anymore. And then I'm Listen, like- <laughs> I encourage anyone, regardless of where you are on the faith spectrum, join a choir. So There's some good songs. You'll meet some friends. It'll be fun. It is truly healing, and I think that helped me a lot, too, and that I miss that so much. Um, Comedy is a very specific thing, but singing in a group has, like, such a... It still is, like, a very godlike moment when yeah. it happens for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels so nice. Yeah. To be blend well, and, and everyone's on key. Make something and, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Yeah, Lauren Shippen was talking about that in, in our yes, episode with yeah. her. Yeah, she, uh, she was like, I'm not particularly, like, into that aspect of it but i love going to choir and mm-hmm. i still do yeah we've talked to a few people that like stayed in church choirs which to me is like surprising yeah but it makes sense too because there's just not a lot of like organized choirs out there that are yeah secular you know, like for and fun if, yeah somebody once told me the world is good tenors <laughs> yeah that yeah that i never wanted to do that would rule That's- smash mouths <laughs> That's kept me out of a lot of uh, community choirs. I'm like, I actually do want to sing about God. Yeah, yeah I don't want to sing that. Sugar Ray. And again, the kind of the theme we've been hitting on recently is like you don't have to affirm the literal beliefs of a thing or a genre to enjoy it. Yeah. You can enjoy Christian stuff without being like, yeah, and this is true and it all happened. Like, <laughs> like you can enjoy the sci-fi and fantasy stuff the same way. Absolutely. And there have been you know, many scientific studies about singing in unison with other people and the endorphins it releases really? in your brain. And huh. yeah, it's a very specific chemical reaction. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And yeah, I miss it. Whatever. So where would you say you're at now with um, faith and God and everything? Well, I have forced myself to think about this every week. <laughs> Since I started a religion podcast, it's exhausting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's really exhausting. Always checking yeah. in. <laughs> I like it though. I mean, it's been good for me. I think where I am now is that I I am much less angry at Christians and less angry at the church as an organization or churches as organizations. I think that a lot of evil and corruptness exists, but I think that comedy was an interesting perspective for me because it is such a community and we talk about this so much on our podcast because we interview comics Mm -hmm. that the community of it is you know what keeps people doing comedy a lot of the time the Mm -hmm. stage part of it thrilling wonderful great money when it happens awesome um but i at this point can go to any city in the country and immediately find either someone I know already or someone that I have a lot in common with and at least, you know, 20 mutual friends because of comedy. And that I haven't had that since I was in the church, you know. Um, and I think that's kind of turned me around on it a lot because I'm like, oh, everybody wants that 
feeling somehow, however people find it. It's you like know? belonging. Yeah. My sister who was in the church, she no longer goes to church, but she like sells Mary Kay and that's her thing now because mm-hmm. she goes to these conferences and they like talk about makeup, you know, but yeah. she has a community and she was also lacking that for years after she left the church for kind of similar reasons. Um, homophobia. And <laughs> <laughs> one big one. Um, so I'm, my pendulum swung all the way you know, to the extreme end for many years. And now I'm kind of in the middle where I do of feel anger like, or just about belief system. Um, anger and beliefs. Like now I'm sort of open to it. I am more willing to recognize moments in my life where I do feel like there's some sort of serendipity or divine intervention or whatever it is. Either I'm being watched or protected or things are happening in a specific way. Um, that's outside of my control, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm more open to it, but but the bottom line is I'm not like, I don't think that someone with a belief system is a psycho anymore, you know? Because yeah. I was so mad at the church yeah. that I just wrote off anyone that was even mildly Christian. And now I'm like, if that works for you and you're not hurting anybody, I'm totally chill with it. It's truly none of my business, you know? Yeah. And if you have a God that you love, like, that's great. Say what's up to him for me. <laughs> Ask him if he remembers me. Tell him I say hello. Little freckled Amy. <laughs> oh, that's I remembered you, Amy. You know? God, you've changed. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta um, go. I'm also a woman. <laughs> okay. Oh, Get that Ariana straight. said it was true. Uh, We're open. There's no I, gender in heaven. Gender yeah. is a prison. I know. I've talked. Oh, I mean, I was talking <laughs> fair. with Kevin about that too. But like the idea of God being a mother is such a like a whole paradigm shift. If you try to imagine that, right? No change. It would have like made such a positive impact on a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people would have been depending bad, who but your yeah, mom is, yeah. how nice your mom is. But yeah, um, but I, I've definitely let go of any idea of a vengeful God who's yeah. like paying attention to what songs I'm listening to. You yeah, know? and that was just too many years of Unless my it's life. Maroon Five. <laughs> it's like really. It's like, this sucks. it's like it's not sin, but it might as well be. <laughs> I, I always appreciate for people who like went through some really bad situations with the church uh, that arrive at the same conclusion that you did. And it's very magnanimous and like kind <laughs> and it, like you don't have a reason really to be. And I don't think that the people in that church would give you that credit probably, but it's so yeah. much healthier for you and your mind space. I think I hope like, so. I'm just not going to worry about that. And like, that's for you yeah. and it's good. I have a flip side where I'm also extremely skeptical now because I know that I was susceptible to being brainwashed for so many years and fully buying in. Yeah. Now I'm like, I doubt everything. Never again. You know? Yeah. Which is kind of chill in a way because I'm not like, that's, it's so funny that my sister sells Mary Kay too because it's like literally like a pyramid scheme. Um, <laughs> oh, but you know, I'm, I'm safe from buying into a lot of stuff like that, you know? <laughs> and I've, I live in LA, so I have all these friends who like love their crystals and everything. And I'm like, that's cool if it works for you, but I am not buying into right. anything. This yoga studio is the one. Yeah. It's going to change your life. <laughs> I question everything. Sure. But I mean, that's probably a better, that's probably the discernment that you should have been given by people in those positions of power and authority a long time ago. Yes. Was, I mean, there's a biblical bent to that. If you want to do that, test every spirit. Be skeptical, be aware of like false teachers or yeah. whatever. Yeah. In which case it would have been the people 
maybe preaching a certain homophobic ethic or generally sexual ethic. It feels like in so many of these stories, and not to frame it as like the goal is to stay within faith and not doing so is sad. I don't believe that. But but it is so funny how often this stuff could have been avoided. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. oh, it could have been avoided if you didn't hire a monster and then right. protect said monster. Yep. from blah, blah, blah. Because it's like, if you didn't know he was a monster and then you were like, hello, police, that'd be one thing. Right. Where it's like, yeah, we want to punish evil when we see it and deal with it properly. Or like the homo- the homophobia stuff. It's just like, it it could all be prevented. And even, not like you, you walk around with so much trauma now, but it just didn't have to be this way. Yeah, yeah well, and hello, I'm like now in comedy, which protects monsters in such similar ways that I'll even though I do love the community of it I'm never like like there are comics that are like you know the community above everything and I'm like nope because the community doesn't protect me you know yeah like I'm not this is a boys club which I think that people who run churches like that's also a boys club and it's yeah I mean it's a lot of cowardly men protecting each other over their congregation or over a community at large. And so it's funny that I'm back in that situation, you know? And people are like, yeah, but, you know, you can just, like, appreciate what Louis brought to your life. I'm like, I don't have to. Don't eat it. You know? I'll be just fine. I'm actually fine (laughs) that I used to like him and now I don't. Yeah. I don't have to, like, bow at some altar of Louis because he, for what he did for comedy. Like, no, he hurt the community. So if that's really what you care about protecting then you're being a hypocrite you know yeah yeah it's so funny like it's such a similar vein of like you act like it's not about the institution at the end of the day but it is about the institution like you're scared of you want to toe the line and make sure that you have a job at the end of the day and that you're safe or whatever over protecting people from harm yes it's a very conservative ethic too that (laughs) puts upon like the idea of systemic racism being such a strange nothing to people that in more conservative states of mind like systemic uh, there's some bad apples there's some clans people still probably in backwoods of whatever but but the idea of like there's a system set up and in the same way with comedy systems, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, Louis was a bad guy and we dealt with it, but surely and we all there's knew no... for 25 years right, was exactly. going on. Yeah. yeah. But and surely that's, there's I'm no like, system. That's another qualifier I need to say is like, I'm not saying I'm so smart and have like ratted out all of my like hypocrite tendencies with this of like protecting my job or my institution or like my cash flow over my ethics. Like I know that's something that like any of us could fall prey to. Oh, but you want to yeah. learn from it and be better. We all yeah. compromise. I, yeah. I'm sort of forced to, I mean, I don't always compromise, but I'm sort of forced to as a woman in comedy because if I didn't work with and for creeps and people that do harm, you wouldn't work. I wouldn't work either from, you know, like because I'm avoiding those creeps or because, you know, there's just culturally like, comedy does not reward like a mouthy woman which is hilarious because it's literally the job (laughs) yeah it's the job description (laughs) yeah it's um and i try to make up for that as much as i can supporting other women but yeah we all have to like make these terrible choices um i wish that the community as a whole would agree to like not protect abusers Mm -hmm. um but 
that has not happened yet. So. Well, let's name a few on air and do <laughs> a little like a cost analysis. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. And and again, getting back to the idea of like angry versus not angry about something, there's there's like a compassionate angle of that where it's like, yeah, you know, everyone's doing their best, blah, 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 blah. And then there's some things about religion or or comedy where it's like this isn't worth your anger. This yeah. isn't actually worth the effort you would put into it. And then there's some things that are where it's like if anger about a particular abuser shames club owners into like, well, we can't really book them, then yeah, congrats. Your anger yeah. is worth it actually yeah. in that scenario. And same with like pastor pastors who also experience the the end of that where then they do have to leave or they or they do go to jail. That's worth your anger. But a lot of stuff, like I see a lot of stuff on Twitter now where it's like ex-evangelical or people who are raised with him, blah, 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 blah. And they're just dunking on the stupid thing that like John Piper said recently. It's like, this isn't worth it. Yeah. It's not really worth it. Like, like call out the system when you can, but some stuff, it just isn't worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of waters down the other messages. More and that's, important stuff, yeah. Yeah, and like truly, speaking of Louis, in, in comedy, it's like he did some horrible stuff and he throttled the careers of these women who threatened to talk and it's really ugly but everyone's so obsessed with talking about him and it's like there are so many other abusers out there just working constantly and are either like so embedded in the industry that none of us can say but it's just like an open secret Mm -hmm. you know and um i think yeah he's he's taken the attention off of that to some extent or really looking at the root cause, which is really like misogyny. Yeah. Like it's easy to just talk about Louie and not talk about. Yeah. Like we got him moving on. Uh Exactly. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of a, I was reading this article the other day about like our obsession with serial killers too. And like what's in their mind and like, they're such geniuses and like, Oh, it's so fascinating to talk about them. And like, no, they're not fascinating. They're just evil bad men who like got away with a lot of misogyny and hate women there you go end of story like there's nothing fascinating about that in fact let's talk about their victims or the or like generalized misogyny or grief or loss or those like those are more interesting i don't care about talking about harvey weinstein anymore or louis ck like let's talk about change or just the other things that we haven't rooted out yet or whatever yeah and it'd be great to see more men with influence standing up and saying like i am a part of this I supported it. I am sorry, and I'll try to do what I, you know. It's like people now, because of this fear of call-out culture or whatever, which I hate that term. It's just like, oh, finally we're standing up for ourselves, and now we like. But you're just a have bunch a buzzword. Of yeah. yeah. You know what? We should cancel cancel culture. <laughs> cancel right? culture. You're canceled. <laughs> My favorite is when people say like that guy got me tooed. I'm like, you just completely swapped the victim and perpetrator right. in that. That's so yeah. Your syntax is off. It's so but revealing. Yeah. Yeah. No, not he oh. me tooed someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me too. He got um, me. Kanye. Yeah, that was a in a Kanye song on his last album. He said, blah, blah, blah. He got me too. No, he caused. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's wild. Thanks for sharing your story, Amy. Yeah. I, really I hope that was detailed enough. And, <laughs> and you can hear more about it on Who's, Who's your, your God? God? Yes. Yes. And I we... keep wanting to call it Where's Your God Now? I've listened to the show. The show's great. But I keep thanks. wanting to call it Where's Who's your, God your God Now? Yeah, Who's Your God? And we mostly interview comedians, although we've had some outliers, um, about their background with faith and religion, but also what they do now mm-hmm. to like 
get by and stay alive and what rituals they have and mm. yeah, whatever they have for them that works. And it's great. We've talked to Wanda Sykes, which was crazy, and Ooh. just interviewed Nicole Byer, who's a delight. Oh, and yeah. yeah, it's good. I love it. I still love doing it. It's only been a year, so Keep it up. that would be troubling. Well, we'll see you on the <laughs> iTunes charts. Won't we? <laughs> Religion. This yeah. is like yeah. the weakest beef in the world. It's like, wait, they aren't technically on the no same category yeah. on the charts. Whatever. Yeah. Oh no, and you guys should be on it separately. Yeah, I would love to. That'd yeah, be fun. but equally. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Girl first. Thank you. Sure. Yes. You can go first. I just call you girl now. <laughs> Lady. Yeah, that seems right. Like bird box. Boy girl. Yeah. Boy girl. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. Let's... Dive in. Come on, let's go. All right. I just opened my phone back up, and uh, it was a it's a precious moments with a similar vein, except this time he's holding an ailing child. Oh my lord! Is that the doctor? Oh, it's no. A, he's still a fireman. This is awful. He's still a weeping fireman. Wait, can you change it? Do you it have out? one up here, by the way? Or no? Is that like okay, a Hummel figurine. Is, what are those called? They're they have a name. There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You see them at like Macy's and stuff. But yeah, I got gifted one of those. Different ceramic for my wedding, yeah, and it was like <laughs> I don't like dogs, and he was like, it was like a little boy with puppies. <laughs> yeah, like, here you go for your wedding. A souvenir <laughs> for how little I know you. <laughs> but I think like, it was like a family heirloom, so I can't shit on it. Like it was a nice thing, but it was also yeah. Amy, we talked about precious moments and mm-hmm. touched on a little bit of it, but generally for your Christian media diet, yes, what were you super into besides Sixpence? What were you super into growing up? So a lot of it you did already, um, but very into Jars of Clay as a teen, mm-hmm. who you mentioned. Oh yeah, good taste um, by the way. Jars of Clay, Third Day, up. Audio Adrenaline, of course, DC Talk. Um, loved Out of the Gray. Don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah. with no. them. Oh yeah, 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 the duo. No love. Husband and wife duo. I mean, I still kind of like it. It's really messed up. Um, <laughs> and not, as far as like TV and movie, I mean, I guess like I watched a lot of unwholesome things. See, mm. I was sinning, sinning, sinning. Um, but definitely touched by an angel. But yeah, it was mostly music stuff. A lot of Christian music days at Six Flags or Great Great America, which wasn't oh, Six Flags. We had Joy Fest at our Six Flags in Houston. Yeah, Six Flags World, and that's where I first saw. 
Third Day and Newsboys. Yes. There. Yeah. Yes, that's where I first saw Newsboys. Mm. Was that the best roller coaster I, at the park? Yeah, I the roller coaster them. was the Bridge of Shine. <laughs> <laughs> you got to meet them? Oh, yeah, yeah. What? I met Newsboys that day. And it's so funny because you're like... We would like get in line so early and then there's like 40 people in this giant amphitheater and you're like, why isn't this more crowded? <laughs> but I think that at like base level, we were all just trying to like meet boys that were Christian, right? Sure. Like that's really? the whole. Yeah, I think filter. so. And then when the concert was so lightly attended, I'm like, well, we better be careful because there's a lot of non-Christian boys running around this Six Flags. <laughs> but yeah, I oh, think so you was, thought it was going to be like a park full of just wholesome dudes. I think it should be. Amen. And, and you I still felt, do. I felt that at the time that <laughs> you like, should have to prove ratio. your love for Christ to get in that day. I feel that. Like anything oh, else, you know? Would have made my life a lot easier. <laughs> Our price of admission, the sinner's prayer. <laughs> Make it a private and, party. And Bugs Bunny is waiting for you to do it all. <laughs> and and the guy in the suit is like, yeah, like making the prayer hands. He's like, ah, 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 you missed a word. <laughs> oh, my God. Daffy Duck comes up. <laughs> oh, boy, but sixpence none the richer. Mm-hmm. That was, that was, it, did it mean something personally to you? So I loved them and I still love them, but they are mostly significant for how much our church told us that we were no longer allowed to listen to them once they crossed over. Ooh. I know. This is juicy. And that became, I mean, that's why I kind of think of them often because that's like my fun fact. If people ever mention, you know, their two big hits is I'm like, do you know that's a Christian band? And then you just blow people's mind because they're like, what? Yeah. And I remember the Christian bookstore like getting rid of their CDs once they crossed over and it was like a whole thing and it would come up at youth conferences a lot. Like I, my sister and I used to go to, did you guys know about Dawson McAllister? No. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, massive youth conferences. Um, He was just like this youth preacher who would like have amphitheater full um retreats for teens Mm -hmm. with like the workbook and a whole thing you buy like a package for the weekend and our church would take us and it was all about teen issues you know suicide and drugs and sex and drinking it mm -hmm. and uh yeah at the same time (laughs) and he i don't know if you know al denson he's like a christian singer that was like dawson Mm -hmm. McAllister's like right hand man so interesting so they were just like this duo that would kind of go around yeah. yeah, but I remember talk about Sixpence at those kind of gatherings because it would be like, yeah, you're not, you can't listen to that anymore. Like they're secular now. And I'm like, they're going on like David Letterman and being like, I love Christ. <laughs> Isn't that the goal, you know? And, right. and I think Free Will Baptist in particular had that very, there was never a clear message about like, like, yes, you have to go out and function in the world and you have to always, like, be loyal to Christ and, like, spread the word of the gospel. Mm-hmm. But you're also just not supposed to be out there. Like, you know, it was right. very separatist. Um, you can't compromise separatist. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, when they crossed over and they had their big hit, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't listen to them. I mean, such a bummer. by that Which time I was making my own. wild. So was this yeah. album kind of the crossover Yes. Moment. Yes. So, okay. so a little history with them. They had two albums before, and I think an EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, this beautiful mess, which still sounds really, really good. I listened to it a few times uh, 
before we were doing this episode They're today. They're good. They're they really good. good. And yeah. there's a lot of like 10,000 Maniacs flavor in yep. that. And I just love the way uh, bands sound the way they were recorded in this 90s period where the room seems small. Yeah. So it feels intimate because there's not like, uh, it was almost like an overcorrection from the reverb fest of the right. 80s yeah. where drums sounded like machine guns and stuff. Yeah. And this well, just even sounds Lee's like- Lee's voice is like pretty raw. It's not, like she's not doubled. She's not really echoed very much. It's yeah. just like her singing. It's pretty, yeah. It's pretty singular too. So, so they had those albums and then they were part of a label that went bankrupt. I think it was called REX and, mm-hmm. and the label went bankrupt and so it was selling assets and they're like, well, they're going bankrupt. They'll let us out of our contract. And the label was like, no, we're going to sell you to someone else. So then they sold them to this other guy or they tried to and the guy was like, well, we're going to hold you to all these terms. They're like, no, please let us out. So they went through like this nightmare period for like a year, a year and a half where like mm. they're in purgatory because they weren't on a label. They wanted to follow up this beautiful mess with something else. Eventually they got out of it and a guy named Steve Taylor, who we've talked about a little bit before on the show, he became like, he's a big songwriter, producer, yeah, yeah, producer in Christian music. Like he wrote a lot of the Newsboy stuff or co-wrote a lot of it. Um, he had that song, Whatever Happened to Sin, that we did on March Madness oh, right, yeah. like a year <laughs> oh, ago. And he did like the Blue Like Jazz movie. And he's like an interesting guy. He's interesting. A little bit of a tastemaker in the industry. Uh, in this industry, sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, kind of unique. So he was like, we're going to, produ- let's just start making this album. So they kind of started recording it covertly. Like they did it in secret. So that's why uh, so many of the songs, especially like the beginning three songs on the album, are basically about how much their lives sucked as recording artists Yeah. at this point. So have we forgotten anything? The Waiting Room was about like the industry pressures on them because they had a pretty good fan base from those first two albums. Right. Uh, but this was like, uh, it was all getting compromised and it was, you know, a frustrating period for them. And they kind of like, with this album being meta in that sense where it's like, here's who we are and here's what we're about, but also here's what we're going through. They kind of start to belong to this lineage of bands and artists whose album after like a long legal battle with a label or a manager is like, and then that's the one where they broke out. Like Bruce Springsteen's the exact same thing, but Darkness on the Edge of Town. He was in purgatory with his manager and like he couldn't legally record for years. And he puts that one out and it's basically about it. Um, This one's a little more on the nose because there's like, this is the 40, like the first line in anything. This is my 45th. Depressing too. And this this second line this next, is yeah. rough. Like in terms of the imagery. They're looking for money as they clean my artistic woe. <laughs> it's graphic. Poorly. It's very hardcore. Really? Yeah. He just wants to make music and spread the word of God. Yeah. So so yeah, so that's kind of the background for where this album came up. And it wasn't like we're going to cross over and do the mainstream thing now. If you listen to their albums before, this is like a little more reliant on like strings and stuff than the guitars in the first couple of albums. But it's pretty much like within that same lineage. Yeah. But Kiss Me kind of wrecks the equation yeah. for the public perception of Sixpence. Right. And this guitar is so, so mid 90s. I love it's it. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. And I can't like. I can't put my finger on what it is about this. All these songs, I was like, I don't hear people sing like this or do 
Yeah. And I miss bands it. Bands like this. And I like it. Well, I can I visit like it, it anytime too. I want, but it is just so funny of like, oh yeah, I didn't even realize that was such a distinct mm-hmm. flavor. When my sister and I would buy so much of our music from the Christian bookstore, and I think we tended towards female vocalists we're little girls mm-hmm. and we like love Dolly Parton and whatever and um but a lot of it was just so bad that this was like oh this is a good band yeah mm-hmm. with a woman you know singer and like yeah and so then that we yeah. couldn't listen to it anymore it was it's really such funny because she's got like an interesting voice too it's, yes it's not like a warbly or like a theatery voice it's and it is so indie. of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Christian rock will be sort of its own thing and not grow and change. And you know, that's what was amazing about Jars of Clay, too. It doesn't always grow and change with what's trending. Totally. Yeah, Jars of Clay do. never got trendy, really. Like, in terms of their sound, they but never... But their sound was, like, grunge. It was of the era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so many Christian rock bands are just like, this is our sound. <laughs> and yeah. we're going to do this for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, um, Stephen Curtis Chapman, good luck. <laughs> but big what? reveal... What's that? We talked to Lee Nash. We did talk to Lee oh. Nash. She's a listener of this show. Oh my god! From time yeah. to time, oh, hi, yeah. Lena. And she was very sweet to uh, to lend us her time. And also, it's on our second service. So. She was on our second service. Yeah. yeah. So, you did you her. say so? Pay up? <laughs> no. We're holding Lee Nash hostage <laughs> on the show. But it was a great interview because she is so funny and quirky and great and like just the way you kind of imagine her to be but she was pretty candid about this time too and about the crossover and this weird position they were in in the Christian industry and I remember her saying like it was we were always one foot in one foot out and always too Christian for secular and too secular for the Christian world yeah so she's like I felt like we were always just sort of observing from a third point of view of what was going on in the industry Mm -hmm. and didn't really relate to a lot of like the messaging they were trying to push or whatever. They were right. just very purist of like, we just are like a band and we want to write these st- things. And mm-hmm. You can see that even in their sort of acclaim too because it's like, you know, they're going to the Dove Awards, Dove Awards, and then all of a sudden they're at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. A couple years later, back to the Dove Awards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Interesting, yeah. Well, in preparation for this episode, I actually reached out to Lee to see if she had any thoughts. Like, you know, by the way, this was last night. I did not <laughs> prepare this. So I was like, hey, we're recording tomorrow. Do you want to? And yeah. she was very nice enough Aww, what is to that email way? something back. She said, oh, awesome. I can't wait to hear it. And just speaking about this album in particular, she said, I remember that I'd never felt that excited or really attached to every single song on our other records like I was on the self-titled one. I guess it felt like, to me anyway, that our identity was becoming more solidified as a band. Girl shrugging shoulders emoji. (laughs) That's my two cents. Can't wait to hear this, Lee. Uh, Lee, I love you. You're so cool. That's so sweet. And you can hear it. It sounds like a very personal record. And like, what is better than, you know? I don't know. I think that's a very Christian thing is to be able to like talk about relationships and maybe kissing um, under this frame of like, I love God and I want to honor him. But, you know, my God doesn't need every single song to be about him. Yes. Listen, my God's good, but he's not a thirsty bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He's not like, Lord, I need you. Like, we can chill out. (laughs) And uh, there's, there's like a few more explicitly Christian songs on their albums before, but not like a 
done. Yeah. It's not like this was like, this is where they got real vague on, on their self-titled album. Right. This is pretty of one piece with their... With how they did with, stuff. Yeah, lyrically, like with their past work. Yeah, because I find the... And I went back and read a lot of the lyrics, and they do just read like a weird kind of opaque poetry that mm-hmm. you're not, you could read in a lot of different things. Yeah. And in fact, I find their their framework or their description of God to be kind of more interesting than a lot of other Christian. Like, it's not a very rote understanding of God. It's like a conflicted, you're cruel, but I need you and I need love yeah. and you've got a blade and all this different stuff. And like, then couched in just this world of like, but I'm in love and I want to be here. something I yeah. think like Third Day did really well too. Mm-hmm. Like very, yeah, same like sound of that era and like fun to watch, but also, yeah, like conflicted and like Christians actually feel, you know? Right. And yeah. actually reflecting and not in the churchy Christianese language sense of the word, but reflecting an actual relationship. Yeah. Where it's like yes. if you're in a relationship, sometimes you hate that it's person. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, you're annoyed you. or you feel strange. And yeah, so that's that's why this feels like a personal relationship in an honest sense, not in just like it's a personal relationship, so I'm gonna write you some Valentines, whatever. Right. Yeah. But in a sense of like, uh, and Matt Slocum, who's the primary songwriter and lyricist, even though Lee has, uh, I think, one song on here that she wrote herself. Uh, when he talked about, it, he's like, it's one of those like switch footy things where it's like, we're Christians, so Christianity is kind of a part of everything in our lives. So everything we sing doesn't need to be, Lord, I need you. You know, it can right. just be, this part of my life is also. Informed by Christianity. Yeah. yeah. Like relation like romantic songs. Christian on this album. teens need songs about kissing too. Okay. Thank you. Can we can we listen to it? <laughs> the can big boy? Yeah, it. It. Okay, here two we go. Two big boy two really big yeah. boys. Yeah. So good. Mm. My body is ready. <laughs> you getting so horny? What? <laughs> I'm enraptured. Imagine Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lay Cook. I know. Was I just a bet? Kiss me out of the bearded barley nightly beside the green, green grass. Swing, swing, swing the spinning step. You wear those shoes and I will wear that dress. Oh, kiss me. Here's what's nice about songs like this, where growing up for us, they were as omnipresent as anything you could possibly imagine now. And to this day, I still hear it on public sometimes. Oh, yeah. But 22 years removed, because this album came out in 1997, 22 years removed, you can kind of see it. And there's nostalgia there, but you can see it a little more objectively. It's like, here's a song. This is just a song. And just as a song, this song is so good. It's so good. It's just a perfect pop construction. Yeah. The poetry of like a summer night in a field somewhere. And and it's very, it's the, um, it's the song equivalent to like a Twitter quote tweet where someone just says, this is so pure. (laughs) This is so (laughs) pure. I know this this song. I remember listening to this. I think I was like six or seven when this was big and my sister had their CD and would listen to it and it was just it was my envisioning of what 
kissing or like having a boyfriend yeah, is like. It is. And so it's like kind of twee, you know, like, oh, yeah. wear your father's shoes and like, you know, fireflies or whatever. Yes. But it's so romantic and sweet. And I pure. think it still resonates. Yeah, like, and it's like, it's kind of like butterflies in a song. This is what kissing should sound like. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's also, nasty Ariana <laughs> kissing. <laughs> the, I mean, both of the hits are. St- from this album are so inextricably linked from the movies, right. you know, from She's All That and So I Married an Axe Murder, which and are Dawson's like two great love stories that and were like Snow Day, which <laughs> okay. there she goes was in Snow Day. Let's no relax. No That's way. not a part of my Oh yeah. Oh, and to give a little there was another one. It was featured on Prince Edward's Royal Wedding upon request from the royal family. Aww. Weird. And then it was uh, battling with number one with TLC's No Scrubs. That's so you see a touch point of what was going on at the time. And the and I was obsessed with both of these movies. But they're you know, they're love stories in different ways. They're both the most nineties movies right. that you can see. Like cornerstones of that decade. Yeah, and for them to get like two massive hits in two movies crazy. like that. Yeah. Crazy. Well and this wasn't originally on the album. When they put this out the first pressing of it. This was just a cover they would do live. Oh, right, And then yeah. the, uh, Steve Taylor, I guess at Squint, because he started a label for them. He's like, oh. you guys should be on a different label. I'll start a label. Cool. And he His made so very artist-favorable deals with them. whole So I Married an Axe Murderer soundtrack is so good. Mm. To this day, one I of the best movie up. soundtracks. You'll listen to it and say, yeah, baby. That's not... I don't like that. <laughs> Yeah, big hit from the Columbia House catalog. Uh, you know what I mean? A little BMG up. action. There's a cover of a song called uh, "Or by the Laws," also called "There She Goes." I was kind of disappointed when I found out it was that a it was cover. a cover. I always thought it was an original. This is uh, it's still great. This is the song that starts out the very first episode of Gilmore Girls as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they not- also later covered "Don't Dream It's Over." Whatever. They made they cover choices. I love that. Yeah. Oh yeah, on their next album they did mm-hmm. "Don't Dream It's Over." But the "Kiss Me There She Goes" thing, it is a. Uh, it's interesting because it's almost like the equivalent of the Cure's biggest hit being "Friday I'm in Love." Mm-hmm. Friday. I'm in love. And that's like this really sweet kind of boppy, poppy song. And then if someone heard that, they're like, all right, I got to check out The Cure. <laughs> yeah. And then they check out The Cure. They're like, oh, this is different. Yes. This isn't Friday I'm in love. Yeah. So in the same way, Kiss Me is just not reflective of Sixpence's thing, Mm-mm. I don't think. They're very you know, dark and melancholy mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think it reflects their general sensibilities and their romanticism. Mm. Um. But I think that's common. I mean, same with The Cure. Like, they're very goth about love. But love is super goth. Because <laughs> it's Thank really you. terrible a lot of the time. Yeah. And scary. You know, I'm love like in goth. the middle of moving to a new apartment with my boyfriend. So like... And you're describing it. It was super goth the way you were talking about it. Today started like, you know, with tears. Because it's just like, we love each other. This is a scary thing to commit to again. And, you know, it's like... It's very scary, but beautiful and wonderful. And I think that is about the ratio. I mean, the ratio of these songs of like chipper about love to melancholy is like about the real life ratio. Listen, Like easy to ignore. Which is like 30% of the time, it's very easy and wonderful and light and airy. 
And then 70%, you're like, do I hate you? I'm drowning. <laughs> Your husband's and here. I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. You're married. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. You're just like, I feel like I could put a knife in your throat and feel nothing right now. And then you're like, then wow, it days. is a true privilege to be so close to someone. <laughs> yeah. That I feel like I know them enough it's to family. want to kill them. <laughs> yeah, it's just like family. <laughs> I don't know if I have fantasized about killing him yet. Coming. No, uh, you've I told don't. me some things that were born. I haven't said I was right gonna now. kill him. I don't either. I don't. But yeah, either. I know. Of course not. Just like that yeah. closeness. Yeah, it's a very goth feeling. It is so goth, and you're and you're like, but I love it, and I want to yeah. stick around with it. And you feel like you could kill for them, you know? Yes. Like yes. I'm just like my sweet little angel. <laughs> if anyone ever crosses <laughs> you, you're so annoying. I'll shoot him in the face. <laughs> Well, the song, I mean, speaking of that and speaking about the kind of duality of love, the song love on this album really does reflect that. This is what I was talking about, like their their vision of God. Okay, Unless you think think this is not about God. Buddy, you're a bald man, (laughs) a big man. I listened to this today. I think this might be the song that I decided is maybe, sorry, Lee, if you're listening, no offense, the most Christian rock sounding. This one. Yeah. I think so. There's a couple chord changes in here that I'm like, yep, that's the Christian rock chord change. <laughs> like, because I think about, like, if I heard this song with no context, would I know I had just flipped to a Christian rock station? And with Kiss Me and There She Goes, no, of course not. But this I might be like, mm, yep. I drove too far east. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like 90s Christian rock. It certainly doesn't reflect the state of things now. 90s Christian rock. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you but know what I mean, though? I'm like, totally. oh, I must have crossed into Utah. It was fun looking up this song <laughs> on songmeanings.com, which because the general take is like, it's just about a really intense relationship with God because mm-hmm. there's yeah. lyrics about cutting and the he harvester. The harvester is near. His blade is on your skin. To plant a new beginning. Well, then let the cut begin. Let the cut begin. But I need love. It is patience. It's kindness. It's God. After the dryness. Yeah, it's so good. It's gothy, isn't it? Yes. So on songmeanings.com, some intrepid commenter said, This song is about being a cutter. She cuts herself because she needs love. She wishes to die and to be born again to possibly make life better. Now, I disagree. <laughs> songmeanings.com. Go on. No, I don't, I don't agree <laughs> with about. that either rebirth into Christianity. But I do love um, amateur music critics on the internet. Well, yeah, I mean, that's funny when you critique music that has a Christian background or a Christian slant and you don't like you know the God Bible. The yeah, because yeah, like pick up on it. Yeah, well, we're all used to plenty of analogies about harvesting and wheat and yeah. chaff and and like that's just so part true. of our lexicon. But if you, yeah, if you remove that context, like you can read in a lot of things. What about the plight of the farming community and like the <laughs> agricultural sector? You take it all literally. You're like, seriously, kiss me. It's about e- economic anxiety and the rust belt. <laughs> uh, Sister Mother, which was weirdly one of my favorite songs on the album. So what the I, fuck does this song mean? Uh, it could be about anything. It could be about wisdom. It's it could about be about the queens. church. It could be about drag queens. <laughs> you know what? GCF says it is about drag queens. This song mother. is about how drag queens rock. <laughs> Sister Mother, so, someone on YouTube. I don't know why I'm reading these comments, but they're fun. I love it. Someone on YouTube said, great song. Tons of talent being underrated. 
Just imagine J-Lo trying to emulate this and die <laughs> laughing, seeing at how pathetic she is. Whoa. Pathetic is spelled wrong. Unnecessary digging, wow. J-Lo. From six years ago, this, this comment has genre. remained. <laughs> So funny. JLo could never. She would never. She wishes. Sister mother. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think my favorite songs in the album are this, Have We Forgotten, Kiss Me, Love. You like the you whole album. You don't like Puedo Escribir? Puedo Escribir. Oh, I can't even. I mean. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. What? The, the time signature. Isn't it funny knowing that someone's listening? Maybe? Yeah, I wish you guys had never told <laughs> Sorry. me. Sorry. No, Lee, you know we love you. Way to script here. I actually like this. I, I will say cool. the late '90s, early 2000s. That was very common, like Calexico and like all these bands from California that were like, "This is our Spanish-sounding song," you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, it was a thing. I hear someone speak Spanish. It's a big trend. Cake was always speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. It feels like a lot of bands have songs about the music industry, like wanting to get some out of them. Oh yeah. yeah, we're not gonna take it. You write what you know. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna write you a love song by Sarah Bareilles is about the music mm-hmm. industry, which I didn't pick up for a long time. Uh, but I really liked. I liked Waiting Room. I thought this song was so pretty. You just want to play a little burst of it. The transitions between songs on this album rock. They're so good. The first three songs are one song. Yeah, they basically. blend. It oh, sounded yeah, like kind of emo at first, but then it, it like bloomed. They use um, violin so often in this album. I really like it. Which wasn't the case on the first two. That was oh, a, really? Yeah, that was a new it's development pretty. for them. Yes, very, um, this song is very Cranberries. Yeah. Which was one of my gateway drugs. I love, fr- <laughs> same. It was Christian friends that are like, let's listen to Dreams. So I always mm-hmm. think of riding in a van yeah. with my friends going to get lunch in between classes at Lindale Assembly of God Church, listening to Dreams and Linger. It always yep. reminds me of that Cranberries moment. Cranberries oh, and no. Counting Crows were two of my, li- Crash Test Dummies were like, oh. okay, this isn't necessarily sinful, but it is secular, but like, you know, they're not singing about anything bad. <laughs> you know, Linger, if you want to put it through a lens, Linger is about someone who fails to have a godly relationship and a covenantal marriage. If, yeah. If you want to put it that way, there's I a biblical but... angle there. <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> uh, well, let's get to our final thoughts about the album. The way this works, Amy, is we're going to give it a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or a side thumb. Holy Toast, that's Christian a thumbs side up. Thumb? Yeah, give me the Christian <laughs> side thumb. Holy Toast, thumbs up, we send it to heaven. Don't you know I'm heaven bound? You know it! Of By DC Talk or <laughs> Holy Roast, we send it to hell. to hell. Or if we're not sure, we put in the space between purgatory. The space between. <laughs> Caroline, we'll start with you. Holy toast. Holy toast to the heavens on this album. I wouldn't say it's something I'm going to keep listening to after this, although... That's not true of anything we listen to on this show. Very true. Um, But There She Goes and Kiss Me, of course, iconic and beautiful and hold up. Um, But I really liked it. I I loved how um, poetic and kind of interesting and a little bit uh, innovative and like rebellious this was for a Christian band to do. And I just really like this band. I think they're so interesting. And of course, I'm very partial to Lee, and I think she's so cool. 
um, that it's it was fun to go back in time and remember this transition period for them and this like history point in our lives too. Mm-hmm. So holy toast, love this. Holy album. toast from Caroline. We turn it to Amy. Same big thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Holy toast, guys. <laughs> I love it. I love it, and I. Like, it was so fun to listen to again over the last couple of days. And I probably will continue to listen to it. Great. But yeah, I love her voice and she's rad. And I'm not just saying that because she might be listening. Um, I think I said it earlier, just for the record, before I knew. Um, but yeah, it just, it really, it fully takes me back. And, and to some extent, it takes me back to like that conflict of like, I'm not supposed to listen to this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let me just say, Lee, I'm sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> and the salaciousness of it is so wild because that's what bands want now. Yeah. If that happened now, the church would be like, "Hell yeah, we got a song on Grey's Anatomy right. or something like that." Yeah, we've crossed over. Like we're right. getting the message out there. <laughs> in there. It seems like the point of the thing, right? Right. Get the message out there. That's why in my comedy act, which is sometimes filthy, I sneak in one. I do an altar call at the end. Quick altar Uh, call. People don't even know it's happening. No, they're shocked. They think they're doing something But they come up there and they don't know why. I'm ready to save them. I've done it so many times before. We all know how to do it. Thank you. Bless those hands. Oh, boy. I will give this a roaring, raving holy toast from myself. Uh, Listen. We do a lot of songs and a lot of albums on this show, but this one felt really, really special. Felt like a special place in time, and it felt like a Christian album that helped define a year in my head just because of the omnipresence of it culturally. So it's just... uh, People would call them one-hit wonders, I think, that don't know the band, which is not what they are. There's so much more than that. If Mm -hmm. anything, it's like... A fluke. They talked about in interviews how they became like a dreamy pop band by accident. Mm-hmm. Like this was not their bread and butter. And to handle it as well as they did and everything Lee talked about in interviews before and in interviews with us. When she they they started the band when she was seventeen years old. It's wild to yeah. keep her sanity through all that and come out the other side of it. I know. Uh plus in research for this episode, I found out something crazy. So can't wait. What did you find out? Mike Pence has started a cover band. It's no. called Mike Pence None the Richer. No. It's crazy. Where it's like, I don't I don't agree with anything he does. No. But I guess his taste in music is good. Are you sure it's not Mike Pence much more richer? <laughs> it might be. I'll... He goes building up that wall. I mean, but he put he actually put out a song. This is crazy. Have you guys heard this? No, I haven't heard it. He Here. put out a song called Pints me. It's just about him. This is wild. I can't believe he did this. This is so weird. Why would he do that? Why do you care about Lee Nash? Pints me. From Indiana, I am VP. I sold my soul, and Trump now owns me. He owns me fully. We band together to oppress and to bully. Oh, pins me. Can't talk to women alone, really. It's that same weird ass rule I got from Billy Graham. Now come here, mother. That's my lover. Remember, I call my wife mother. Oh, 
So pinch me. Oh, he Aww. got kind of sweet at the it's end. Beautiful. Really didn't change <laughs> up the song sweet. too much. No. The instrumentation, he, brought, he really liked it. Yeah, but it. the lyrics are definitely his own. Okay. <laughs> I, do you know his favorite song on this album? What's that? Sister Mother. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they wrote a song about my wife. That's my favorite song too. He thinks of his no. wife as his sister and his mother's mother. It's <laughs> very sweet. Uh, when they're doing it, that's what's weird. <laughs> that's yeah, very that's disgusting. Uh, but we're not the final word on this. You're the final word, dear listeners. So go to at Christian Funpot on Twitter. Give it a holy rose, holy toast, or a space between. Get out there and Pokemon go to the polls. Thank you, Hillary. Thanks, Hill. Oh boy, now it's time to wind things down. Dim the lights, a la Amy Miller's altar calls at all of her stand-up sets, <laughs> when she tells the Laugh Factory, dim the lights for this one, and let me have a synth Can I have the player. band come up? <laughs> we have the band come up. feel empty inside? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one guy's like, yeah. <laughs> me. But he's crying. feel alone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Amy, on this show. We don't plug ourselves or promote our own projects. We lift them up as a loving and humble sacrifice to the Lord. Yes. We do that every week with humility and grace in our hearts. And we start with Caroline by doing that. Um, my name is Caroline. And Did you I just like go completely blank? Lifted up to the Lord. <laughs> I have a note in my phone of things I want to lift up, and it just hit me that I think I've already done them already. It's kind of sad really sad anyway um you can lift me up at caroline's farts and um i'll save my lift up preemptively for big brother big sister go and participate in that program they need dudes oh yeah uh, itunes review slash apple podcast leave us a review and we'll donate a dollar to charity we really do every time every we count month. them up we mm-hmm. try not to read the reviews for fear of uh, deep personal pain <laughs> <laughs> they are Hard. Uh, I still have one in my head that said Caroline interrupts the guests all the time. And, uh, and that's I didn't not feel true. like I that was about that. Shut up. Let's <laughs> see, she passed it off to me. <laughs> uh, but we really do donate a dollar every time at the end of the month. We rack them up. So Every time. How generous of us. I know. It's beautiful. And GCF. So Christ like. <laughs> we turn to Amy. Oh, I have shows coming up. Hey, plug them. live in Seattle. Washington, D.C., Cincinnati soon, mm-hmm. Boise, Idaho, so many places. We're all over. Um, my dates are on amymillercomedy.com. Follow me on Twitter at amymiller. I, also ha- I just posted like a lot of the dates from my upcoming tour on Instagram at amymillercomedy. Um, so D.C. is the soonest. Get those tickets if you're there. I'm headlining. I'll be doing stand-up comedy. Hey. And, and you'll get saved at the end of the show. You're going to get saved. You can do it at Quite every show throughout the weekend, yeah. too. Just to make sure it sticks. If the first one doesn't take. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Summer camp style. <laughs> What's the last great thing you watched or, or listened to? Oh, I just finished Killing Eve, which I love. Oh, I love Killing Eve. So good. So yeah. psycho. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is my spirit animal. Which there- is that? <laughs> she wrote it. She made it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she made what's her other show that was so great? Fleabag. Fleabag. Loved it. Yeah, she's rad. Sandra O oh is so good in it. Yeah. Also, escaped Escape from Danamora. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The Watched documentary. It all in like two okay. days. No, it's a show. Oh. Uh, Showtime show. Oh, okay. <laughs> With Benicio del Toro. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> My slow, slow sad Who's brain. R.I.P. Mac Pal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sending into madness. 
And yeah, listen to my podcast, Who's Your God? It's funny. Who's Your God? It's funny and great. Oh, boy. And we, touching. It's very touching, Sexy. Actually. Yeah. All the things. It's got me thinking. <laughs> That's good. Deeply erotic way. You can lift me up <laughs> at Kevin T. Porter. I will lift up. Uh, I think this is my favorite stand-up special I've ever seen. Is still Adam Chelsea Sandler. Peretti, one of the greats. Oh, What's that? Oh, yeah. Adam Sandler. <laughs> I, I like the Adam Sandler special. I, it. 90, I it was, loved it. It was 100% fresh. Actually, I'll lift that one up, too. I have, Chelsea Pretty came out six years Chelsea ago. Chelsea Pretty link, back to earlier topic, Palace of Fine Arts, San Francisco. Yes. So I married an axe murderer. Hey. Amy Miller, Oakland comedian. Chelsea Peretti, Oakland comedian. It's all connected. Yes. Serendipity, <laughs> baby. Think of Energy. <laughs> I'm trying to be the first uh, white comedian out of Oakland to make it who's not Jewish. <laughs> and I believe in you. It's a very specific goal. <laughs> there. Uh, lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun for more GCF every week. This week we have a special Valentine's Day treat for y'all. Amy, thanks so much for Thank joining you. us Thank on you, the Amy. show. Thank you, This was fun. There's nothing left to say except in all of Pod's people said. Amy, which sixpence on the richer song do you want us to go out on? There she goes. We got to do it. There I, we go. Actually, oh, wait. You know what? I asked that. I actually found this new version. This is six Mike Pence, none the richer, where six Mike Pence's gathered around the same microphone and sang at the same Indiana, time. <laughs> I sold my soul now. Owns me. This is a nightmare. So stressful. <laughs> I think they blend really well. <laughs> did you sing it six times or did you multiply it? No, six times through. <laughs> I can feel the little differences. Yeah, because you wouldn't My if I didn't do that. Crawl. I will see you next week. Now come here, mother. Come here, mother. Next week on GCF. <laughs> So pinch me. Oh, hey, everybody. It's me, Natasha Leone from Russian Doll. It's a show on Netflix. I live, I die, I come back. I live, I die, I come back. It's this whole thing. Also from Orange is the New Black, from American Pie, you gotta know me by now. I'm I'm very prolific in my field. Uh, anyway, next week on GCF, I'm giving Amy Grant a break for this week. Uh, she's deserved it. She's an icon in her field as well. Uh, next week on GCF, Kevin and Caroline are gonna be doing the hunt for the best Christian song of all time. But... They're also going to be doing the hunt for the worst Christian song of all time. So it's best, it's worst, it's yin, it's yang. Life is about balance for these two. For these two crazy little Christian kids. Okay, they're having fun here. They, they're doing their own thing. All right, so Natasha Leone here. Watch Russian Doll on Netflix. It's a really good show. I should not be promoting it on this dinky little podcast, but here I am. I like doing favors. I'm a benevolent young gal. So Natasha Leone, signing off. See you later. That was a HeadGum Podcast.